The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. Today, we have a fabulous guest host on, Chuck Russell, who I know you guys loved last time he was on, was from Phoenix Comic Con. We have him on this week with the amazing Sam Jones. I want to give a quick shout out to Paul, uh, who isn't feeling so hot today. So, guys, send him some love on Facebook. Welcome to the show, Chuck. Hey, thank you very much, uh, uh, Summer, and uh, once again, congratulations on another successful Comic-Con at Palm Springs last weekend. That's right. We just finished Palm Springs Comic-Con. You were out here for that. It went really, really well. I was shocked, actually. I've never seen a first-year Comic-Con go off so, so well, so I want to send a lot of love out to everyone that's put this together, to Christopher Spellman, to his great team. I mean, they, I, I was shocked. I was shocked it came off so well. And I saw a lot of my, my friends there. We had Vincent from The Walking Dead. We had a whole bunch of people. It was really nice, and, actually. And, and you did a great job, and your assistant also uh, putting together your panel, and uh, it was great. So but thank you so much for inviting me to be back on with you. Oh, it's no problem. I, everyone loved you last time, so I figured I'd bring you back. They, they questioned, I got a lot of interesting questions about you. I think the funniest one I got was he has a smooth, sultry voice. Is he black? I'm like, no, but I, I don't know what that has to do with a smooth, sultry voice, but you have a smooth, sultry voice. Hey, thank you very much. And usually that goes <laughs> uh, hand in hand with the size of gonads, which I might like to add is also very large. <laughs> well, that is some good information. So, to the lady that wrote in and asked that question, there you go. Uh, we are going to have Sam Jones on today, who I'm very, very excited about. He is kind of going to be coming live from DragonCon with us. But first, today, we're going to talk a little bit about some cool upcoming inventions. Um, I, I want to donate a little time just to that. We've got a new invention coming out. It's a fingernail polish where you stick your finger in the drink. And your fingernail polish will change color if your drink has been roofied. I'm not sure if I'm really impressed by this invention or horrified that it's necessary. Yeah, um, it's definitely beneficial, but to have to take those precautions, I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit horrified that this is necessary, but then again, I work in the entertainment industry, an industry in which it's usually very necessary. So... 
I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. There is um, an, an event coming up. It's called Hot to Homeless. It's in Monarch Beach Resort in Dana Point, California, in Orange County. Um, it's a fashion show with adoptable dogs. Now, I haven't seen anything like this before. They're going to actually be walking the dogs down the runway. Um, I'm oh. going to be going. Um, Steve Trino, Tr- Trevino um, is going to be there. We've got Alison Eastwood. She's Clint Eastwood's daughter. She's an actress. She's actually really sweet. It's a gala for abandoned and abused and unwanted pets in Southern California. So if you guys oh, get a is- chance to check that out, Google that. It's it's um, homeless hot. Uh, H-O-M-E-L-E-S-S-T-O-H-A-U-T-E. And I, I think it's a great, I think it's a great organization. You guys know I kind of love jumping in with the, you know, my, my little charity that I'm involved with this week. And that is a really, really cool one. I think they came up with something cool. Though I have to say Absolutely. I'm more interested than the dogs, in the dogs than the models. Uh, and, and what more beautiful place, too. I mean, Dana Point is gorgeous, and it's a holiday weekend. Please, I, I ask everyone to go. Absolutely. Check it out. I think that's interesting, though. So we've got a lot going on in Hollywood. You know, we've got going on in politics. I'm not going to jump into politics because every time I do, we get bombarded with political questions. So I'm not going to do this week, na 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 um, I am going to jump into something very, very interesting that's going on in Hollywood, which is the transition of distribution. I know this sounds very exciting to those of you listening, um, but there is there's something interesting going on. The internet's kind of becoming the primary distributor for television shows, radio shows, for everything now. And you know, I when when I was born, the internet was in its infancy. Um, I, I find it, I find it shocking actually that we've kind of come this far and done this big 180 from, um, television and theaters over to this. I'm going to ask you, Chuck, now, first, before we get any further with this, tell everyone a little about yourself. So for those of you that weren't listening last time. Um, I am, uh, I'm a graduate student of St. Xavier University in mass communications. Um, I too... I'm a child of uh, the pre-internet days where you actually had uh, meetings and met people and had interactions with people on a live basis. And so I I do have a little bit of a unique uh, aspect, at least through the music industry, uh, which I was in Chicago during some of the greatest heydays ever. And I have met some of those individuals and still keep in contact with them. So uh, I, you know, and I try to keep up on stuff as much as possible. Not as much as you there, lady. What's your tagline? <laughs> the Wicked Witch of the West or something? The Wicked, the, witch, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, but everyone's hashtagging Hollywood bad guy. So apparently Ooh. it's no longer a secret that I'm kind of a bitch to work with. I think uh, that's gone no. down. <laughs> I oh, I find that down. hard to believe. <laughs> Um, Come on now. Now, you're coming live from Sedona, Arizona. I'm in Palm Springs, California. And um, Sam Jones is going to be coming in from Dragon Con. That's what I find so interesting. Atlanta. Isn't that wonderful? Yep. I've got my assistant yapping in my ear. Lexus, hush. Um, (laughs) Sorry. But that's... Uh, from from one coast to the other, that's really what the internet has brought us. It's brought it, us it, an it, entirely new way. 
to broadcast. And, and to communicate with everyone. You know, when you, when you have a lot of the social media that's been out there now, if I might be able to plug, particularly Periscope, um, seems to really bring the world together. You can find out what's going on in Tasmania as easy as you can find out what's going on down the street. And then the, in, the influx of uh, information um, with it being in real time and, and most cases uncensored as long as you stay away from the regular media uh, is fantastic, isn't it? Did you ever think that I would be able to sit down and have four simultaneous conversations viewing uh, people from across the world? I See, I, I never, when you look at it, I mean, this is things, you know, we're living in the age that Star Trek depicted in the 60s. Now, in, in defense, I could always get news from Tasmania because my grandma lives in Burnie and it's a very small place and I'll get a call uh-huh. about what's happening with the neighbor down the street. But um, now everyone else can too. It really, it's, it's really, really changed the landscape. But I think it's also changed our political landscape. If you look at the scope of this election and you look at what's happening, I think it's really changed um, our entire perception of people and of media. We're now ingesting this garbage media when you look at, you know, um, the Cardassians and people like that. We're, inge- we're not looking for the quality that we once did. And even in, in my industry, when I'm putting a film together, my scenes are shorter than they ever were. I want short, quick scenes because everyone's hooked on vines. The internet has completely changed our landscape. And if you guys have a comment on that, we've got about four minutes to a break. Write in, jump on Summer Hel- jump, go over to Summer Helene on Facebook, go over to Behind the Scenes. Tell us what you think about it and you can win two free ATV rides at Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California. Um, I am going to say, but even for you, you live in Sedona, Arizona. You guys have some uh, the True Rest Float Spa in Sedona, Arizona, which is, um, I mean, a really, really unique experience. But you're in contact from here to Chicago. I know you're going to open some spots in Chicago. You're looking at um, from one side of the country to the other because the internet's kind of closed the world. I mean, you can operate your business or run your film from, from, you know, Sedona in Chicago. For me, I'm setting up a film in Hawaii right now and I don't have to go anywhere. I'm in my living room. That's right. And they can send you the daily shots for you to be able to review or look over from a thousand, thousands of miles away. It's got, it, it helped us, not only with us, and thank you very much for the plug for the True West Float Spa in Sedona, Arizona, um, but it, you are absolutely correct. Uh, it, it's helped in so many different levels. Well, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you, the audience, what do you think? We've got some new inventions coming out. We've got some amazing things um, there's something coming out called the cube that is going to apparently change everything because it completely automates your house. We have nail polish that will tell you if your drink is drugged. And even right now, the radio show you're listening to is going to be coming to you from three different points in the United States. What do you think? We have about two minutes till break. I'm going to give a quick jump and say right in. Right into Summer Helene, right into Behind the Scenes, and tell me what you think. How has the internet changed your world? 
I know it's changed ours. I have people writing. I have a gentleman that wrote in here. Okay, I'm not saying that on air, but apparently it is a great way to access live porn as well. So that that is a new change. <laughs> that was that was great. That's a new change. I didn't think about the applications to the porn industry, but apparently there are many of those. We are going to go to break, and when we come back, we are going to be on with Sam Jones. I am Summer Helene. We are on with Chuck Russell, my co-host today. Paul, we are hoping you feel better. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. What voice guides your sexual needs and desires? Yours or others? The Sexual Voice with host Jessica Ford is the show to lead you to a happier, healthier, and more fruitful sexual self. Let Jessica help you find your own unique voice to express sexual feelings, gain confidence, and to appreciate your own needs and desires. Listen live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. There is a sexual voice inside of everyone. Come discover yours. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Hey guys, welcome back behind the scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We have my wonderful co-host on, co-host on for today, Chuck Russell. And we are talking to the one, the only, the amazing Sam Jones. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you. Good to be with you, Summer and Chuck. It's a pleasure. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, ours, Mr. Jones, I told you during the ba- break, I'm kind of geeking out a little bit because I was a huge <laughs> Flash Gordon fan um, and I've watched a, a ton of your films. You're actually coming to us live from Dragon Con. 
Yes, it's amazing. This is my first appearance at Dragon Con. I didn't hear about Guys, I'm sorry, because he is coming live from Dragon Con, we are not going to have the best reception, but he's going to come in and out, and Matt will let us know when he gets back in. So Sam Jones was in TED, TED 2. That's for you youngins out there for, like, my generation. You guys will recognize him from that. He was um, Mark Wahlberg's hero, who was Flash Gordon. He was in 10. Are you back, Mr. Jones? Yeah, you hear me now, Summer? I can, I can. Hi. So you've done a ton of films. You've done Flash Gordon. You were in Ted. You're in Ted 2. You, you had a, I'm going to bring this up because this is an 18 and over show. I want to remind everyone ahead of time. You had a gorgeous photo shoot for Playgirl magazine that my assistant has not oh, taken off. Oh, yeah, 1975. <laughs> I was, uh, well, let me see. I'm probably 21 years old. I read an article about Burt Reynolds that he posed uh, for, for a Cosmopolitan magazine. He posed naked, and I said, hey, if, if my hero at that time, Burt Reynolds, can do that, I can do that. So I, I, I did that in 1975, and it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. You know, look, you're young. You just, you just go for it, and you do it, you know? And oh, I think that was amazing. And I can tell you the girls working for me have had this up all day when they were doing all their research on you. That was the most exciting part for them. So clearly well, it, it is timeless. Like summer, it sounds like the girls have a lot of free time on their hands. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is they don't. That's just where they've dedicated their time for the day. We have hey, lots oh, to Mr. do Jones. that. That's just where they've gone. Mr. Jones, uh, with you being doing that during the 70s, when things were coming out of the 60s. Um, man, you had to have a big set of cojones on you to do that. <laughs> because if you were at all going into Hollywood, I'm sure that that was probably frowned upon, um, other than you are an extremely good-looking man, I might add. So that probably would have helped along. Well, but um, he, he I have said, to I mean, commend you. That, that was, I mean, the, that's a the, very the, big step for a man to bear it all. Well, look, you're, you're 21 years, and again, I was influenced by Burt Reynolds. I, I, yeah, I didn't think anything negative of it at the time because I said, hey, and you know, Burt Reynolds in 75, he was, I guess you can call him a mega star in 1975. He's so that was my incentive, and, uh, and I said, so when I got to Hollywood, first of all, it didn't help me, it didn't hurt me because... No one's going to put you in a movie based on a modeling job, uh, naked or clothes on. You got to, you got to, you got to really prove that you can carry a film or a TV show. So I got, I I started studying and, uh, you know, scene study classes and um, improvisational classes. And I I mean, it had to work. No, no no reputable uh, director or producer is going to put you into his or her production unless you can, and, and no pun intended, unless you can deliver. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I, I have to agree with that 100%. Can I ask, a lot of people that listen in here are aspiring actors, they're aspiring um, directors, producers. This is really an entertainment show. And, yeah. you know, I started, I started as an underwear model. Um, people start in all kinds of different places here. Um, yeah. What made you decide to be an actor? Like, what, what because, drove you to be an actor? Because just like you, Summer, I wanted to be an underwear model, okay? Oh, okay. Well, after the, I knew the modeling career wasn't going to go because you, 
you have to, for a guy, you got to fit into a size 40 regular jacket and, and all that. And I was a 46 long. So you had to really fit into stock clothing and all that. So, um, I, 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 um, I read an article on Clint Eastwood and I, you know, that I thought, well, I don't know if I could ever accomplish what he had accomplished after all those years. But I, I said, let, let me go to Hollywood. Let me study. Let me give it a shot. I gave myself. Oh, damn it. I think we lost him. And that was a good story, too. You know, he's probably in the convention center. I know. I know like it happens. I'm I, it happens. But I'm really interested. I want to know how he got into this. I've got people writing in. I just said <laughs> we just got a very nasty response from someone on Facebook. Guys, he will come back. I promise. But I find that interesting, and he is spot on as far as it takes a great deal of talent and it takes um, a real fit for the role. I'm sure he'll be back. Uh, the Dragon Con sounds like it's a, a great time. Summer, when we had the opportunity to meet him, um, he was beyond nice. My wife was a stalker of him, and... Uh, <laughs> Stalked him at the bathroom, okay? Well, she saw him going to the bathroom. And so she grabbed me, and we he had to go. Obviously, he was moving, and we stalked him all the way to the bathroom and uh, waited by the bathroom. And as soon as he came out, we uh, took the cheap way out, we'll say. Um, I like that. The man, the man gets paid money, obviously, for... Um, stuff like that to do autographs and things like that well I think it was sweet I've never heard I can tell you Hollywood is a very small place and I've never ever heard a complaint or a peep um, about him I've only ever heard that he was nice and kind and genuine but that's something that keeps people working and that I think um, has led to his popularity at these cons when you have someone who will take the time to sit there and speak to their fans and communicate with them on on such a personal level, it makes a difference. Absolutely. Where was that con, Chuck? Hey, hey, that was Palm Springs Comic Con. I was I was just gratuitously kissing yeah. your butt, Mister Jones. Yes, I heard. Yeah, I heard that. I, it's funny. I hear you guys loud and clear. Am I coming in clear? You are coming in clear as a bell. Yes, sir. I'll try to keep my answer short if I keep going in and out. But basically, I've read that article on Clint Eastwood, and it, it inspired me to go to L.A. and study and do it. And, uh, I... Shit! <laughs> I really want to hear the end of this story. How about now? Um, you hear me? I can hear you. See, guys, yeah, it, it is. It's the joy of live radio. So you went, you were going to be like Clint Eastwood. You went to L.A., yeah, I went to LA. I studied. I studied, uh, and I, I just, uh, you know, when you're 21, 22, and you're young, you don't, you don't accept no. You just go for it. And I got my first television show, et cetera, et cetera, and then it turned into a small movie, and then a Flash Gordon. So, you know, we were filming. Uh, I went to LA in '77. Oh, I'm sorry, '77. So in '79. Uh, early 79, a year and a half later, we were, we were in England filming Flash Gordon. Oh, that must have been fantastic. I mean, looking oh, back. It was, but, but, but it was, Chuck, and I encourage anybody listening about wanting to get into the movie and television industry, yeah, go for it. 
get prayed up. You, you have to believe you belong there. You got to believe you belong there, number one. And meanwhile, you know, d- don't give up on your second job. If you're going after a degree, get your degree because even if you're in a hit movie uh, that lasts for, let's say, two or three months, even if you're in a hit TV show that only lasts, remember, that year, five to seven months, what are you going to do to provide for yourself and your family the remainder of the year? What are you going to do? And you got to really think this thing through if the, if the uh, income and the provision is not coming in consistent. That means weekly. What are you going to do? So you better have a backup plan, you know? Um, Mr. Jones, that is a very responsible um, statement made by a father of five. Yes. And grandfather of five, correct? And 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 grandfather grandfather of of three, yes. Amazing. Congratulations. And that is some sound advice, I might add, for anybody pursuing any kind of dream whether it's uh, being an athlete uh, or uh, trying to be a politician or an actor or whatever, you always have to have a backup plan. You shoot for the stars, and if you end up by the moon, sometimes that's okay. Well, I think, I think in this case it worked out pretty well. What was your favorite role? Please tell me it was Flash Gordon. Well, yeah, yes, <laughs> but, um, but, but I have to be clear on that. Uh, I enjoy doing it, but at the time, I was in everything summer, so that that meant I couldn't really enjoy it at the time because, I mean to tell you, my my biggest moment of the day for five and a half months of filming was being able to take a bathroom break. Seriously. I mean, I didn't breathe. I could, you know, we would shoot one scene. Okay, Sam. They would physically grab me, escort me to another sound stage. We would rehearse a fight scene. They physically grab me, escort me to, okay, go outside and practice with the bullwhip master so you can learn to use a bullwhip. I mean, it just, and uh, so up at 4 o'clock in the morning, exercise, run Hyde Park, get in hair and makeup, do all these scenes I just described, don't quit, don't stop, and then come home and crash out. And so now, at my age, I get to enjoy some of these screenings with the fans, and, and that's why I get to sit back and stop, you know, and, and stop brainstorming anything and just lay back and enjoy this incredible ride visually of really watching Flash Gordon. And, um, and now at 62 years old, I, I get to see things in the movie that, oh, my gosh, yeah, I remember that. Well, I didn't have time to really enjoy it because I didn't want, even though the, 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 the production is always going to be bigger than the artist or bigger than the actor. Uh, You don't want that to overwhelm you. My objective in any young actor, director, producer, your objective at that time on the set is the task at hand. Nothing else. Don't worry about the hoopla. Don't worry about this or that. Your job right at that point is to deliver that scene and that task and nothing else. That's your job. If If you get caught up in, oh, my God, look at this set, Look, look, look at this, look at that. It's, it's going to overwhelm you. So now I'm starting to enjoy it for the first time. Um, and that's, if I can just wonderful. interject here real quick. Um, when they were making um, Flash Gordon, um, there was a gentleman, I think his name is Nicholas Rogue. Or yes. Rogue. Okay. And, and he was really 
he spent an extended period of time actually doing pre-production and that. But then uh, the uh, Loretus, your Loretus, yes, yes, he he became unhappy with him, and uh, Rogue left the project. Were you aware of any of that? Did you feel a difference after he left? Um, well, I, I don't know if I felt the difference, but, but uh, Nicholas Rogue was the first contracted director for Flash Gordon. And, Junk, you, you, you're correct. It was, it was part of his vision. I mean, he spent, I don't know, a, long a year time. of pre-production, and he, and he left. Um, you know, Dino was uh, a challenging person, an incredible uh, creative human being, but very challenging. And uh, a couple of people, you know, separated, you know, from him. And Michael, thank God, Michael Hodges came in, I think, with about three weeks of preparation, and he took over directing. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, that that happens a lot in Hollywood. You trade out people. I've done it on productions because there are creative differences or because somebody pissed off Angelina Jolie. It happens for lots of reasons. I'm just throwing that in there. Um, It it changes a lot. I'm going to ask you, who was the best person you ever worked with? Who was your favorite, favorite, favorite person to work with? And then I'm going to ask you who your least favorite was, but we'll get there. Who was your favorite person to work with? Well, I, seriously, I'm not just saying this to tickle all the leading ladies' ears, but, but uh, I, probably all the leading ladies, I'll tell you why. Because um, I learned a big lesson. Don't try to pick up on the leading lady if you want to have, have a great relationship on camera and off camera. And uh, I only dated one leading lady. I'm not going to tell you who it is out of my 52 films. Damn I it, dated I one leading lady. <laughs> but that's still, she, she was wonderful. But, uh, you know, Melody Anderson in Flash Gordon, Melody and I became brother and sister. Matter of fact, Melody is here with me at Dragon Con, and, we're, and it's just a wonderful relationship. But I would say the, the leading ladies. Now, one of the best directors I ever worked with was, uh, funny enough, uh, Fernando Lamas. He was a big actor really? in the 50s I, I, I and 60s. I know Fernando. <laughs> yep. uh, Lorenzo Lamas' um, mm-hmm. uh, father. Uh, I, I loved working with him. He, uh, he was absolutely wonderful. And then, of course, just recently working with Seth MacFarlane, Mark Wahlberg, great guy, very humble, very gi- uh, giving actor and human being, very, very Aren't humble funny. guy. Very um, but the, 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 those are the ups. As far as the downs, I would just think any actor who, you know, uh, would, was sort of walking in, you know, his self-grandiose uh, <laughs> world, thinking that he, he being bigger and better than anybody else, um, you know, not, not a good person to be around. I can't really name any names because there's been so many who are so full of themselves and, but these are the guys who did not become big stars. It's, and it, it, the ones who become the big stars, big names, you really uh, had a nice. heart to serve other people, most of them, and, and turned out really well. But, uh, you know, sometimes when I, it was time for me to do my close-up and the big star or whatever, the, the, the big actor, he didn't come back to, do, to give me off-camera lines. It was better that he didn't come back because sometimes they were uh, just acting too foolish. But I tell you the truth, uh, I, I don't. I, I sort of demand a spirit of excellence from everybody, even if I'm not the so-called lead. And I get that through 
uh, either tough love or just really good encouragement about getting over yourself and, and you know, serving others. So I don't, I don't tolerate that anymore. I, 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 I try to make people laugh so, I can, so I, I can get the best out of them, you know. I think that makes a very big difference. And one thing people outside of Hollywood don't realize is the people that act like big shots are not the guys yeah. that have made it. They're the ones that yeah. think they have. The real sons yeah. of bitches are not the guys, are not the big actors, they're not the name people. It's the people that are trying to show you how important they are. It's never, well, it's, it's never no, the you, big guys. Yeah, you're, you're right, Summer, and I just want to encourage you. you. You have a great show behind the scenes here, and if there's anybody that you know of, anybody you've interviewed... That, that needs to have a talk with Sam J. Jones, you send him to me, okay? <laughs> I can right. actually, it's, it's never anyone I've had on the show, but I've produced, um, actually I've produced hundreds of films, but a couple of people I've worked with, they're some of the, the mid-range actors. I'm going to send them your way to put a boot up send their butt. Send them my, my because uh, they can be I'll give you my cell phone. I'll give you my cell phone. You have them call me, and I'll have a nice... <laughs> A nice, encouraging Marine Corps boot camp talk with them. Okay? Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a Marine by far. I forgot to tell you, Chuck, uh, Summer, I was a Marine before I was an actor. So, uh, really? that, wow. that really set Thank me you. To my Thank early you years. very much for your service. The yeah. Marines are, are above and beyond. I mean, Amen uh, thank you for the Army. Thank you for the Navy. Thank you for Sempner 5. My friend, okay. Yes. When the sh- when the stuff goes down, the Marines are there, and thank you very much for your service, yeah. Sam. I did not know that. Yeah. Neither, neither did yeah, I. That was, uh, that was right out of high school, so that, that was a lot of years ago. And, and you were right in that range where uh, I don't want to date you, but you could have been sucked into several conflicts, yet you still chose to go. That shows, oh, that you, once again, well, you no, have no, enormous no. gonads, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, well, no, that well was... you know, we're, we're impressionable at that high school age, and I looked up to the older athletes, and here I was a junior in high school, and I saw these seniors signing up for the military uh, to fight for this. You know, I didn't know at the time, it was probably the, the, the cause was a bit controversial. I didn't really, I wasn't looking at the political side of the Vietnam cause. I just thought, wait a minute, I respect these older athletes. They're all signing up. They're all going to Vietnam. That's what I need to do when, when I graduate high school. Wow. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, Fortunately enough, and, uh, I mean, thank God I didn't go. They, they kept me in the States because uh, I would have been probably a maniac over there. As big as I was, I would have been a huge target. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You're, you're not yeah, a little guy. Big guys don't last <laughs> long. Big guys don't last long in yeah, battle, I mean, Sammy. Yeah. That's six for sure. Three is a, six three is a huge target, especially if and, you're wearing combat boots, right? And I'm not talking about these people combat boots, okay? I'm yeah. About <laughs> yeah, you put a helmet on your head, Sam, and you're, you might as well just put a target on there at that point. Yeah. But, yeah. but Sam, you know what? That leads me to this real quick. You're, you have shown that you are a true American, that you believe in America. And I don't want to get over the top, but do you see America as being in turmoil? Or do you believe that maybe it's just coming out of a terrible situation and this is just where we're at right now? 
Here's how I look at America. You know, I had to turn to my wife, and without this is not a political statement at all. This is just this is coming from my wife. I turned to my wife when all this was started to go down with the candidates and everything. I said, "Honey, as you know, uh, as my wife, what do you expect of me, your husband?" And she turned to me and she said, "All I want from you is safety and security and an opportunity for you to provide for me and the kids." I looked at her and I said, you know what? My God, that's what America needs right now. America yep. needs safety, security, and an opportunity for everybody to bring provision in, into their family and, and, you know, into their house. And, and so that's my, that's my statement for all of America. You know, a lot of yep. times we just got to knock off the baby talk, get over ourselves, and get, go get a job. I understand being hurt. I've been hurt many times. I'm talking about physically from stunts or my craziness i understand physically or mentally not being able to 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 function at a season in somebody's life but hey if we have a sound mind and an able body uh, my gosh go out there guys i'm talking to guys go out there and get a job and just by humbling yourself then you'll be promoted eventually into what you enjoy doing and that's all we got to do we just got to knock off the baby talk get get over ourselves and, and get a job, and big opportunity opens up at that time. I'm, I'm going to jump in and say, I'm going to quote my dad here, and it's something he said to myself, it's something he said to my brother. You both got two arms, two legs, none of them are broken. Get up and move it. Yeah, yeah. amen. You know, I, I started a new vocation at the age of 50 12 years ago when my wife gave me uh, that same kind of talking to that I just gave you and, and, and all your listeners. And my wife said, hey, you're a talented actor. This was, well, actually, this was probably 14, 15 years ago. She said, I've been watching you the past six months. You've been waiting by the phone. You're a talented actor. The phone's not ringing. Uh, you were a Marine before you were an actor. We have two kids in diapers, one just out of diapers. There's the door. Don't come back until you're providing for this family. So I, I said, wow. I, you know, sometimes we just need to hear that from people who love us. And uh, so I called my former military buddies. I said, Tell me about this high-end security business. I got retrained up uh, 14 years ago, and for the past uh, 12 years, I've been on the side. I've been a a, a security professional uh, living Holy in San Diego, shit, running the cross-border That's security badass. operations. Yeah. Holy shit, Sam. Sam, how cool is that? How cool would that be to yeah. have to need Sam Flash Gordon, the man himself? Protecting uh-huh. your ass. See, that, that would be, that is actually, that's badass. Well, I'm doing a new series with uh, Felissa Rose. Um, we've been talking to a lot of actors and pulling them into it. It's called Nukem High. We're working with Choma. It's set before the Toxic Avenger. We're doing it with some major networks. I'm going to drag you into this because you are very badass. And I, I get very, I, I find people I like and I like you. So I'm telling my audience and I'm telling you, I'm kidnapping you for a new TV show. Uh, uh, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So oh, let me just tell you, Summer, let me just tell you the punchline to what I just said. Okay. Yes. When men, men, I'm talking to men out there, when we do humble ourselves and we listen to people who really love us, not just tell us how great we are, are all the time, here's the, here's the answer to that. Here's what happens at the end. Here's the payoff. 
guess what happened after I did that? Then the phone started to ring about a year and a half, two years later. The phone started to ring again to do movies. Hello? That's the basic mathematics. Isn't that amazing? If we just get over ourselves, then boom, those opportunities open up. You know, it's crazy. Isn't that how the universe has a way of, of humbling us all? It does. Well, it's wonderful. You know, it does. I, I, can only speak, I can only speak about my failures and my successes. And that's, you know, and as a guy, you know, I know there's guys out there like me, I, you know, sometimes us guys, we have a problem with redundancy and doing the same old, same old repetitive mistakes over and over. And it leads to the same thing over and over again. Why do we do it? Because we're guys. Okay? <laughs> it's inherent sometimes, Sam. It's inherent. Yeah. You know, and especially yeah. if you play football. I just throw that out there. I'm a big football fan. Football's starting up, but I think if the collision in the head might have something to do with that too. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But absolutely. Cool. And Sam, you know what? In this small amount of time that we've had a chance to talk, you are probably one of the realest people that uh, you come off completely honest. And once again, I more gratuitous ass kissing. Uh, real quick, you know, your, uh, the budget on your movie was $20 million, and right now you guys are up at over $47 million. So I would say that that was an excellent uh, uh, return on investment ROI. And then uh, do you know that you guys are rated uh, 82? Uh, Roger Ebert loved you. Okay, he gave you a great response to, uh, in Flash Gordon, and you in particular – he said that you did a very good job, um, and uh, you are on eighty-two uh, percent of uh, in the top one hundred best-reviewed sci-fi movies ever by Rotten Tomatoes. So that movie well, right there Flash, for you, Flash my Gordon friend, is considered one of the most iconic sci-fi Wonderful. movies of all time. You can go anywhere in the world; everyone's seen it, and it's still used as a benchmark. I can tell you, um, when I was over at Paramount, one of the examples we looked at when we were doing Guardians of the Galaxy was Flash Gordon. Love that movie. Loved it. Chris, well, I'm glad. Chris is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad, but your film was what we looked at. It's something we looked at, especially I did Asian distribution there. And Flash yeah. Gordon was one of the films we looked at. Yeah. So I have to ask you, what was I, – I, I hear you when you say they worked you to death because I can tell you from yeah. a producer's standpoint and an executive standpoint, yeah. I want to get through it as quick as possible and make as much money as possible. And, you know, you are very, very bankable um, in, in this role and this is something that was brought up in so many films – you have played yourself yeah. because of this role multiple, multiple times, and it's considered one of the most iconic characters in Hollywood history. Is it difficult yeah. for you to be billed and held as this one character? Because, I mean, you've done great films, but this is considered one of the greatest films of all time. So you're yeah, very much kind of... Yeah, I, I, no, I don't mind this branding uh, going on and on forever and ever. And thank you. You sound like you'd be a good representative, so sign me up. You, you can go <laughs> ahead and represent me anytime you want. That's wonderful. It's great. Fantastic. But, I'm not, I, but, I don't think anyone would want me representing, representing them. Um, I was tagged by Variety as the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, and my hashtag is the Hollywood bad guy. So I'm not like everyone's uh, favorite executive. Oh, funny. But, she's honest. 
but I make money. That's why they like me. Um, So is it hard? I mean, you're you're talking about one of the most iconic characters in Hollywood history. Well, he he is, and and what what's fascinating about uh, fascinating about this summer is the similarities are, are, are just. The, the similarities are so real and so close, both of us. I mean, Flash Gordon, as you know, is one of the few superheroes who does not have superpowers. He relies on his athleticism and his wit. And, his and well, you know, that's I mean, that's me. And and you know, I'm Absolutely. you know, I was a Marine before I was an actor. And Flash Gordon and myself both not not as though we're we're praying for something bad, you know, some bad guy to come down the hall so, so we could neutralize him, okay? But we are the go-to guys. If, if you know, if tyranny is uh, in the room trying to abuse innocence, then by golly, you call Flash Gordon, you call Sam Jones, and they will neutralize that tyranny and that threat. And that's just how it is. And I can't, so, Sam, you know, I, my wife tells me I scare a lot of people. I said, honey, I can't help it, you know, uh, Hopefully, hopefully they can see see through my abrasiveness sometimes, or or my authority. And and okay, I, okay, honey, I'm sorry. I'll be a little bit more humble. Okay, <laughs> a little bit, little bit warmer, a little bit, little bit warmer and more fuzzy. But so yes. for you, do you think you brought? You clearly brought a lot of your own personality to Flash Gordon, which is what created oh, yeah. this character. Of course. Yeah. Um, I played I played Marine Corps football, so it was a natural to to be the quarterback for the New York Jets. The, you know the Flash Gordon character. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. And hey, Sam, real quick, you know, the, uh, along with your outstanding acting and it being produced and shot very well, the soundtrack for Flash Gordon is probably one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard for any rock slash uh, soundtrack. Um, during uh, that, did you ever run into Howard Blake um, or? Or maybe run into uh, Queen, Queen or anything Queen. like that. You I never had a chance. I never had a, uh, Chuck. I never had a chance to meet Queen. However, we just had our 35th anniversary reunion at BAFTA in London, and Howard Blake was there, and uh, Brian Blessed was there, Melody Anderson was there, Mike Hodges, Peter Wingard, a lot of the stuntmen. I mean, it was it was incredible. Uh, but I but I unfortunate to say I did not have an opportunity to ever meet Queen, especially Freddie, but I will have an opportunity to meet some of the um, uh, band members uh, one day, hopefully. That's Absolutely. And, and just I'm, for everybody to know, uh, Howard, Howard Blake wrote the orchestra score. He, he did yes. all the non, which, like when the Hawkmen are coming down, uh, we could go frame by frame, scene by scene, but uh, yeah. Howard Blake is, was I'm, an outstanding man. I'm going to butt in because we're getting close to the end of the show. And there, I've got so many write-ins for this show. One of the questions I have in front of me from Dale in Hollywood, California. That's an odd name. I'd expect him to be from Tennessee or Alabama, but that's fine. Dale, you can be from Hollywood, California if you want to be. Is, is <laughs> it difficult to see so many references to yourself in pop culture? And do you understand why you are so popular? Wow, Dale, that, that that's an incredible question. Uh, well, all, all I could tell you, Dale, is what I'm hearing from the fans that come up to me, okay? I mean, the only reason why I'm doing TED is because there was this young eight-year-old, a young eight-year-old by the name of Seth MacFarlane, 
who uh-huh. uh, walked out of the movie theater back then when he was eight, and he knew, he made a decision that, that this guy, uh, Flash Gordon and Sam Jones, impacted his life so much that he wanted to be a creative person. He turned out many years later to be Seth MacFarlane, uh, a, a decision maker in the business. But, but even more importantly than that, I'm having 40-, 50-year-old um, fans come up to me now at my table, and they say, Sam, you don't understand the impact that, that, that you, you had on me. I said, well, tell me about it. He said, I came from a, a abusive parents, that they would abuse me. When I was seven years old, I locked myself in my bedroom. I put on the VHS uh, Flash Gordon, and I was suicidal, and I watched you, and I lived. I lived because I watched wow. you, I thought. Oh well, you know, I'm a big crybaby, wow. but I, I, I thought, wow, I just didn't impact and influence the, the, the youth of America. I, what I did, what I was part of, actually saved their lives for them to go on and not just exist, but to go on and to step into greatness and to step into their purpose. And, that, and man, you could tell I get And woo, save their life. And that, how, does, and, how does that impact you knowing you made... You, you did that for an entire generation, for, for my generation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not wow. everybody went through those horrible experiences. A lot of us just went through normal challenges, and, I, and that's the majority. Yes, it's wonderful. It, and it makes, me, it makes me angry when I hear athletes and celebrities say, well, I'm not a role model. I say, get over yourself. You, no matter whether you think it or not, you are a role model to the youth of America and whatever you say and don't say, whatever you do and don't do, it's going to impact them. It's going to change their lives forever. And, uh, and anyway, what do you think about Colin Kaepernick? I'm, okay, what, one, what? I'm quoting that. That's going on Facebook. That is fantastic. And I'm telling yeah. that to a lot of my celebrity friends and a couple of idiot um, yeah, I, uh, athletes I work with. That was brilliant. I'm stealing that clip. Um, pardon, Chuck? How, how about Captain Colin Kaepernick slash... What do you yeah, think of look, Colin Kaepernick, I, I, look, the 49er, who refuses to stand no, for the no, national no, I, anthem? I, I saw it last night. No, I, I've been watching. Look, it, it's the same thing. I, God bless everybody for a passion to be part of a cause, but let's think it through. Let's think it all through. Let's think it all through, okay? I was talking to two cops today at my table. They're great guys, and I really appreciate them. And I said to them, I said, America needs to just hold on. Just think it through. Just use a common sense. Who do we call when we need help? I mean, there's your answer right there. And I understand, look, any cop or anybody in authority that does something negative and hurts somebody uh, and is, is operating illegal, yes, he or she should, should come to justice. But hello, America, that percentage is what? One one-hundredth of one percent? One yep. one-thousandth of one percent of all the hundreds of thousands of good cops out there? You know, let's just, okay. I, I, I hear you on your passion, but don't, don't bring the American, the American flag and what all these military men and women have done over the years are doing now and about to do in our future. Don't get the American flag involved, okay? Because guess what? You're stepping into territory that is much bigger than you, buddy, okay? And you will fall on your face Big time. So don't step into something that you can't handle because it may be your truth, but it's not America's truth. It's just that simple. Well, it's, it's more than that. When you American. have people that are refusing to do that and you're taking it out on police officers, we're creating yeah. an environment where police officers are afraid to assist. 
And that's something yeah. I have a lot of friends in the LAPD. I have friends over at Rampart. Yeah. I have friends in Hollywood in, in these police departments because we work with them all the time. And I'm yeah. starting to see a, a fear reaction in these police and they're not afraid of um, the people they're working with. They're afraid of the public's reaction. They're now afraid yeah. to save their own life in many cases. And yeah. that that's not a good place to go. Um, I'm going no, to interrupt no. with another question from Cynthia. Yes. What advice would you give to a young actor? We have three minutes left, so we're going to use this as a wrap-up. What advice I'll would you give quick. to a young actor yeah. or actress who is camera shy and how would they get known and get into movies? Um, okay, we're going to read that next time a- we press send, Cynthia, but I get what you're saying. Okay, what is her name that asked it? Cynthia. Cynthia, great question. I'll give you a quick answer, and I'll let Chuck and Summer close. But it happened to me, Cynthia. My first gig, I got hired in Hollywood. It was a sitcom called Coed Fever, David Keith, Heather Locklear, and I just came on as a walk-on. My first time talking. A sitcom is a live audience, and you have three cameras. I was yep. so nervous, I started to stutter backstage, and this voice came up in my head, and it said, oh, just tell the director you're sick and you can't go out there. This other voice... This is the voice you need to be listening to, Cynthia. This other voice came on the other side of my head and said, if you tell the director that now, you'll be making up excuses for the rest of your life. Sam, just go out there and make a fool of yourself. Cynthia, when I did that, I went out there. Yeah, I stuttered a little bit, stammered, but guess what? I went right into the character, and I had success because that's all fear-based. So if you got any voices talking on one side of your head, oh, you know, fear, 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 you tell them those voices to shut up and, and you're there for a purpose and just step in there. And if you have to make a fool of yourself to break through fear, then just go do it. Amen I to like that, that, huh? That's Amen, bloody brilliant brother. advice. We have about two minutes left. I'm going to ask you, Sam, um, where can we find Dragon you? Where Con. can we see you? You're at Dragon Con right now. Where are you next? Oh, oh gosh, next. Oh, I got to pull my, <laughs> I'm so old fashioned. I, I love the iPhones, but you know, I guess, I guess I need a big one because I have to carry an Excel spreadsheet with me because I hate to <laughs> scroll up and down, left to right. I like to carry a hard copy where it's all right there. I think I'm in Richmond, Virginia. And look at me, I'm pulling it up. Is this hysterical? Sam Jones is bringing out his Excel spreadsheet. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, know Dragon, what? I'll be in Everyone Richmond, Virginia. You, so it's good. Virginia? Yeah, I'll be in Richmond, Virginia at the uh, Wizard World Comic Con. That is September 9th through 11th. And then I'll be at Long Beach Comic Con September 17th through the 18th. And, uh, you know, it, 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 the list goes on and on. I mean, you know, and then I'll be in Austin, Texas, September 23rd through the 25th. They can always go on the little uh, website there called lifeafterflash.com lifeafterflash.com and that takes them to all the uh, all the social media. That's that's an even better idea. We have one minute left so guys, go to lifeafterflash.com check in, see what Mr. Sam Jones is up to. I want to thank you so much for being on the show and for giving such good advice to people that are aspiring and for opening up to us. I mean, it was great to learn about you. We really, really enjoyed well, having you. you on the show. And I hope I'm, I speak at a lot of the cons. I hope I get to come over and say hi to you. And anyone that's listening, go over to the cons and say hi. Tell him you heard him on Behind the Scenes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, guys. Man, uh, great show, Behind the Scenes. Love it. Thank you so much, Sam. It was truly a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. 
Same here. Make sure you get my cell phone from Alexis, okay? <laughs> Will do. Okay, guys, that was the amazing Sam Jones. I'm just so honored to have had him on the show. I have to tell you, he's made so much difference in so many people's lives. I know we don't really have time for a sign-off. I want to say thank you very, very much, Chuck Russell, for jumping on and being my co-host today. Thank you so much to the amazing Sam Jones for coming on and sharing his experiences. It was truly, truly an honor to have him on Behind the Scenes. I'm Summer Helene. We'll be back next week with Behind the Scenes. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.